welcome to the What The Fork Happened This Week podcast. Um, we've got a slightly less full show than we did last week because literally everyone in the world came on our Zoom call last week. But first and foremost, Scott, you came back. You're back again. How are you doing, Scott? You all right? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Same old, mate. Same old. Um, I'd love to give you new news, but unfortunately, uh, now it's happened for a year, pretty much. Um, Jack, how are you doing? You all right? I am all right. How's things? Is you all right? Yeah, I mean, we might as well get it out of the way. Your villain of the week this week is going to be Matt Hancock, so we'll come to it later, but like, yeah. You are I'll... correct, yeah, it will be. I mean, no, no huge surprise, but I'll, I'll, for reasons I will go into later on down the line. <laughs> I, wonder what those could, I wonder what those could be. Um, Ian, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate, yeah. Yeah, how's yourself? Um, and last but not least, a uh, special guest today. It's been a while since we've been on a pod, although we did work out the other day, Connor, that we've barely been on a pod together ever. Uh, Connor Bromley, how are we doing? You all right? Yeah, you messaged us saying like it'll be like old times, and I was like, well, actually, no, it won't, because literally, whenever on a podcast, I'm actually fine. But I did the dishes before, and I don't know if it's because I'm a male, but whenever I do the dishes, I just end up covered in water. So you do I'm that. Thing. <laughs> I've currently got a wet tummy right now because uh, I did the dishes. Do that so. thing where I lean over too much and I get it on the front of my shirt. I'm just an aggressive dishwasher. I think I think I just I just thrash the water about in the the dishpan. So my mom's got a dishwasher that kind of saved me the job. But by the by, um, same setup as always. We'll pick a random country. We'll pick our favorite players from there, which is just so it's so random and funny. I'm just like such a clever guy. Um, goal, villain, hero, and moments. Scott, I'm going to come to you first. We're going to go with the, um, what's your goal of the week, mate? Uh, my goal of the week. There's a few contenders this week, <clears throat> but I, I plumped with uh, Callum Lang Wigan yesterday. Didn't say uh, it. I mean, it was. I'm not saying I was going to try and go for like bitten volleys every week, but there was a reason that I picked Callum is that he was on loan to Mullerwell for the first half of the season. He got recalled in January. Um, we really miss him, and I just I really want him to do well because he was like he played well for us, and he seemed like a, a decent kid as well. So he scored a few, um, and it was just a nice ping, 25 yards out, top bag, nothing too spectacular. Well, you know, as as far as you know, the build up frame goes, ball into him, top bag, 25 yards, uh, and it was just good to see him doing. Uh, doing so well. So did Wigan win yesterday? Uh, no, I don't think he did. <laughs> so it's so it's a pointless twenty-five yarder then. Yes. Well, the reason, the reason that I say I don't think he did is because he had a diving header about five minutes later, and it was probably the easiest chance he'll ever have in his life, and he put it wide. You've just said you miss him, which tells you the state Motherwell Football Club are in at the moment. Yeah, um, in the box, he put something wide, then that would be progress. Yeah, beginning. We definitely do. I. Uh, Jack, I'll go in the order that I began the show. What was your goal of the week, mate? Um, my goal of the week was a goal in the uh, in the Bundesliga of, of Germany. Oh, I didn't it was, start. Same as me. Yeah, I, it might be the same one. It was Marcel Sabitzer. Was that the one you were going to pick? It's absolutely not. Carry on. All right, champion. <laughs> uh, for um, for Leipzig against Hertha Berlin, um, he just he picked it up about thirty yards out. And he hits like a dip in swerving shot that kind of just flies into the top corner with uh, beauty. Are you one of those people that's carried on the Bundesliga loving? Because do you remember when like football just like died for like six months? Um, and then the Bundesliga came back and everyone had... My, my mate from uni, Michael Manuel, if you're listening, doubt he is, um, he put on like a full lederhosen and stuff like that to watch the Bundesliga when it came back. Everyone seemed to pick like their own team, drink German beers. And then after like three weeks, people were going... Oh, it's not that great, is it? But I, I really like yeah. Bundesliga football. 
Like, I think it's great. One of my mates is a proper like Uber Bundesliga fan. Like he like loves loves the knows all the crap. He used to go over there a bit and you know follow follow it. I'm not really that into it, but um, I just happened to see the goal and thought it was absolute beauty. To be fair, like so. Did you see Jaden Sancho doing his German accent today? Did everyone see that? Yeah, yeah, I saw. Further the Joey Barton, wasn't it? Uh, well, Joey Barton replied to it and said, don't worry, Jaden, that happens to the best of us. It's like, no, it's a little bit different, your accent, Joey. Yours was literally, like, done with, like, croissants in your hand and, like, baguettes. <laughs> this is a bit alo alo, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I have severe sympathies with these people because I know for a fact when I go on holiday, I start speaking like an idiot and do sort of a stupid <laughs> accent. So I understand why it happens because you slow your voice down, don't you, when you're talking to people who aren't English. Nothing English. To be fair, nothing will ever beat when I was on my, my honeymoon. I went on my honeymoon and as a, like, do you know when you go on holiday and you try and speak uh, the language and you think, oh, well, I'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I did a bit of French at school. Well, I'm all right in German, but my French is a bit, it's a bit by the wayside. And I went in this um, lovely, lovely bar and I was walked in and I was like chatting away and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got all this nice food. But like, as I left, I was like, oh, I'm going to say goodbye and I'm going to say goodbye in French. I'm going to do it. It's fine. And as I left, I went, uh, bonjour. <laughs> and the woman was like, what? And I was like, oh, bonjour. And like, as I left, and like, my wife at the time was just like, you realize you've just shouted hello to her as you're walking out the door. It's a good day, isn't it? I'm sure bonjour is a good day. It's not even hello. It's a good day. Oh. Yeah. To be fair, that might have worked. She might have just thought it was a brick. She might have just looked at me yeah, like it was a brick. Just a good day, isn't it? Because salut's high. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a slang hello, isn't it? Isn't it? Au revoir. Is au revoir goodbye? That's what it should be. Is that correct? Yeah, well done. Does anyone hear who's French? Well done, well done, bell boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seven French passed. Uh, well done, Graham. I think I got a D. I didn't pass many GCSEs, believe it or not. Um, Ian, uh, I, I thought you'd froze there for a minute. You haven't. You're just looking into the, the wilderness. Um, what was your goal of the week, mate? <clears throat> um, I've gone... Close to home. Um, uh, firstly, what I will say is, uh, there, Scott, I think you probably watch more League One than um, the, the rest of us do. So, uh, you know, nice one on the, the Wigan goal. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't watch anything other than like Sunderland. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's only the Quest highlights. It's not like I'm a yeah. League One super fan. <laughs> I pretend I know things because of the preview podcast. I actually don't. I just look at the stats and go, oh, yes, I can see that... Uh, that man is doing very well for your front. He scored eight league goals this season. It's all just BBC stats, lads. I'm not educated at all. Anyway, Ian, that's uh, my secret out the bag. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've gone um, yeah, close to home. Um, they dumped in Watmore um, against their Huddersfield. Oh, and, good goal. Yeah. Uh, midweek, yeah, he's out, out on the right. You know, he cuts it. He beats three players, uh, you know, smacks it in. Uh, just great to see him doing so well. Uh, and to be honest, he doesn't even look like the same, you know, player there that we had. But uh, well, we knew yeah. that was going to happen, didn't we? <laughs> we knew that was going to like we knew for a fact that his his knee would turn into like the best knee in the world, and he'd just be well, faster I, than he was. To be honest, I thought he would he would do well, but you know, some of the football he's actually playing, I didn't, you know, I didn't think he, he, he you know, I, I haven't seen anything like that from him. You Since know, the Allardyce days, on, and I, I start yeah. to wonder if he like maybe works really well with a um, like an Allardyce style 
sort of a, a Warnock manager? Is that kind of the right manager for Duncan Watmore? Mm-hmm. Certainly not Phil Parkinson, is it? Let's be honest. It certainly didn't mm-hmm. work very well under Parkinson. With, with Watmore, though, the, the thing that's... I think why he's doing so well now is, is basically he's injured his knee twice and he always comes back from injury, I would say, a little bit too early. So because lockdown happened and he didn't have to play for like six months, I think he's actually been able to rest his limbs and his knees and actually come back and be at 100%. I don't think he's been at 100% for years since he first picked up that first injury. So I, I wasn't surprised. I'm surprised he's doing so well, but I'm not surprised that he's you know doing okay. But I'm surprised he's took it to the next level. Did you have interactions with him a couple of years ago? Because I, I always imagine Duncan's just a really mean? nice lad. And I, I had interactions to confirm. with him when I was at Sunderland. Yeah, he was nice. Very well educated. Um, scale, scale, of, scale of 1 to 10. Nice though, Connor. I want an actual scale in here. I'd probably give him a 7. That's a good That's a good scale of nice, to be fair. Uh, yeah, what, was, nice. what was your goal of the week, Connor? Mine was Dylan Bahambula. For Oldham, I don't know if anyone saw this goal, but he scored an absolute pearler. Uh, and Oldham are like down at ten men and losing two one against Tramia, who obviously some are not playing in the uh, Pizza Cup final uh, in a few weeks. But yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't do it justice by describing it. But basically, just took a really nice touch, took a faster player, and bashed it in the top corner. Did that kind of? I think it's. I think I've seen this goal. Is it the one that goes like outside of his boot a bit? Dare I say it's Papis CC versus Chelsea, but like the opposite end of the pitch. Kind of, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. a it was a special goal. I'm really surprised we got that far in, and no one chose my goal of the week. Erling Haaland. Holland. Yeah, I thought you picked Holland. Just you a... went mainstream though. That's what you've done. <laughs> yeah, it's quite mainstream. To be fair, I, I did feel like that, but I'll be honest. I was in the bath, um, and when I was in the bath, I was just like, Glad. "Oh, <laughs> sorry." It's uh, well, you know, that the listeners might want a visualization. Um, and I kind of just like all the doing. I'm kicking Ian out. Here we go. <laughs> Read the standing orders. Um, yeah, it's quite mainstream, but it was good. And I, li- I like Holland. I like a bit of Holland. I-, I didn't. I didn't like him at first. I was just like, no, he's, he's rude to journalists. That's not fair. That's not nice. And then I just was like, actually, he's too funny, even if he is. Um, but yeah, mainstream, which kind of sums me up. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm not a League One expert like many people think I am. Um, actually, I don't think anyone does. Um, Scott, go back to you. What was your... Um, actually, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Who's your favourite Costa Rican? Uh, well, I've decided that when you pick all these random countries, uh, that we're, we're going to find their favourite players. So that I think I said a couple of weeks ago, I feel like I'm getting picked on because at some point they've all beat Scotland and that's why you're picking these countries. So I'm going to try and find a link to Scotland with each of these. So I went for uh, Luis Gabello Canejo, who has uh, spent his entire career in Costa Rica, but he was the goalkeeper for Costa Rica at Italia 90, uh, which was their first World Cup. And they beat Scotland and finished two points above us in the group stages and qualified for the second stage, for the second round, when we went home, as usual. To be fair, it's quite impressive that you got there. Well, it's been a wee while, so, uh, you know, we'll take it. <laughs> uh, what was your, who's your, 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 who's your hero of the week? Uh, my hero of the week, I don't, you might have seen this again, uh, Sam Gallagher, Blackburn Rovers. No. Uh, he got injured after eight minutes. He went up. It's just kind of innocuous, innocuous looking challenge. He went up. 
and he's, he's landed flat and he's batting hit the deck. <clears throat> so that's eight minutes in. He's played on for until half time. He's went in at half time and started what coughing up blood, basically. So he gets stuck in an ambulance. This is getting on. this is getting so serious, by the way. Has he died? And I haven't known about it. No, died, no. It's, it's getting a bit like an episode of Casualty. So, you know, it's a bit <laughs> dramatic in that until we get to the end. Um, but I've not read, I've been looking to see what happened. And it turned out that they, they think that he played for like 40 ish minutes with a collapsed lung. <laughs> what? And I just think to myself, the reason he's my hero is just that, like, I mean. Could you play 40 minutes with a collapsed lung? Is that That's. Two fully functioning lungs, right? And I walked to the supermarket today, which is about three minutes away from me, and I was blown out my arse. So I can't imagine like playing professional football for 45 minutes with only one functioning lung, which, to be fair, his one functioning lung is probably superior to my two functioning lungs, but you get the point. What happens? That, I mean, I'm not going to say what happens if you have if you lung, if you have to write your lung off, um, but can you come? could he come back from that? Is he just going to get a new one? Well... They just inflate it again. They just like stick a Sundeco pump in between your ribs and, <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> You're ready to go. Well, like like you have to go to the doctor like you do with the football. Excuse me, I, doctor. Can I have my lung back, please? Like, see, <laughs> one of the, uh, see when it's like Sports Direct, it's like the Champions League ball and it's like two for 12 quid, but it's actually like a Sundeco with the Champions League leather over the top of it. And then they're always flat. It's just like one of them. Like, that's... <laughs> Oh, it's, it's a very serious issue, and I do hope he's all right. I've not, I've looked, I did look. Oh, absolutely. On. Like, we, yeah, we hope he's okay. God, yeah, like, I don't want him to die or anything, even though we're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a serious matter, but it's just I can't believe I haven't heard that. Like, I mean, fair enough if I missed Oldham scoring a goal. Like, fair enough, but um, someone basically has a one less long, and why hasn't more been made of that? Okay, yeah, it's just because like. The reason I picked it is, you know what it's like, football, like, oh, footballers are pansies and they, oh, they get clipped and they go down and they're rolling about and like, oh, they might trim a nail or flick a nail or rip their tights or whatever. And you're like, ah, well, I mean, this guy's been playing on like 30% dead for 40 minutes, so <laughs> play. Is it just me? And I don't know if there's only one that comes to mind right now, but I noticed the other day that like there's a lot of players getting injuries that sound like foods. Like Jordan Willis done his patella. <laughs> like and it just to me I was like right and then there was another injury and I can't remember what it was you could say hamstrings goes with it but I'm not going to go there um, but I just what other injuries sound like food I had a cauliflower ear when I was younger you had a what cauliflower ear they were gone exactly it's because you like rugby no one else likes rugby I had um, something called grommets that kind of sounds like some horrible kind of Oliver Twist sort of food a grommet <laughs> yeah you get like putting your ear so like if you when you're a kid it gets putting it yet to help you hear better, I think. Wallace and Gromish. Kinda, yeah. I mean it, not really, but <laughs> that that worked. Is, is it spelled the same way? I've got no idea. I was about four when it went in my ear. I'm only asking this because I want to know if I can put Wallace and Gromit on the front of the pod this week. Uh, and it has to go on, Graham, you know what I mean? Just yeah. just do it. It'll yeah. add intrigue. To be fair. Yeah, that's true. That would add intrigue. The, um, the nursing head says yes, it is spelled the same way, so you're all right. Oh yes, of course. We have a medical professional here, which would have probably been quite handy. <laughs> is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. He's not like Hugh Laurie. He's not like a Hugh Laurie doctor. He's not like an acting doctor. Although that does bring in a question: Do you think that Hugh Laurie, because he did House for so long, could probably 
advice on a medical procedure. Like, say he was doing it a- off on a tangent here, like. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm just he curious. Came up, name like Hugh Laurie, not Hugh Laurie. I don't know. I might have just been pronouncing it wrong for years. Ah, it's probably me. It's probably me, to be fair. Um, Jack, who was your uh, hero of the week? Um, my hero of the week's Carol Lewis Dreyfus um, for, um, however it's pronounced, I probably pronounced it wrong somewhere along the line, but the, 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 the 23 year old who's basically brokered the deal and got it over the line to take ownership or a majority shareholder in, in Sunderland. Um, it's dragged on for so long, hasn't it? And we've um, we've just kind of been bogged down by it a little bit. And every time we're getting closer and closer, but it was nice to finally get it over and uh, over the line. And hopefully, you know, we've had a few false stones over the last few years. I mean, Stuart Donald certainly was a false stone. Didn't turn out to be what we expected, but maybe the, the start of something, you know, something good this um can get the right people around and got a good football background with his family um and hopefully you know it's the start of the uh the rebuild resurgence whatever you call it but yeah been lingering on for a while it's nice to get it over over the line and I'm, I'm happy he's done so he's my hero i don't like i'm not sure that i like the fact he smokes <laughs> not bothered doesn't 24 year old or whatever and smoke the medical professional ian you wouldn't you would definitely not recommend that, would you, Ian, at the age of 24? No. Well, I wouldn't, um, you know, recommend it at, at the, you know, any age there, to be honest. So. Yeah. Funnily enough, uh, I was reading, I've been reading Barack Obama's book, and I was a bit, like, upset that he's a smoker, and I was like, that really doesn't fit with the image that's in my head of Barack Obama. There's no way that Barack Obama smokes, really. Not legit, yes. He says that, like, when he was president, he used to just, like, have to sneak out when he was in all these events to have a cigarette. That's like the opposite of when I found out Steve Marbronk didn't smoke. Like, <laughs> it was something about like him having like 40 cigarettes. Apparently, Steve Marbronk, though, and this is only from speaking to former Sunderland players, he was the quietest man, but if you got a pint in him, he was like a just like a motor mouth. Um, but he never he never he never smoked. Um, I'm gonna go back ever so slightly um to injuries before funny funny injuries because I've wrote something here which reminded me of something. Someone's went on football manager, right? And do you know how you've got players that go out with COVID and stuff now? And that's like kind of a, you're used to it. Well, someone's, <laughs> someone's gone to the football manager editor and put in 17th century diseases <laughs> for like players. And like Wayne Rooney's out for five months with scurvy. <laughs> and uh, Glenn Johnson got the plague. Like, but... <laughs> The guy was saying he was just like none of them like die from it. They just have like nine month injuries and stuff like that. Like I think uh, like Rooney got rickets or something like that. But like imagine if like now that we're in this world where like a pandemic's happening, I w- it genuinely made me think: what if we got like a really like a black plague Mark Two came back? Like they would just ah oh, they just stop playing football. Actually, wouldn't they? that's a that's not a valid point? Yeah, they wouldn't continue playing with yeah. bubbles like. <laughs> <laughs> he's hit one in off his bubo what a goal <laughs> nah I don't see that happening oh man we've got off on way too many tangents here but he's that on football manager can people die I've never ever seen that happen but is, is there a functionality in the game where somebody dies I've never seen it what, what, while actually on the game though or, or like afterwards because you can keep you can keep like a note can't you of like mm-hmm. players and managers that have retired I don't think anyone's like that's what I'm saying though, but like can it be like I don't know you're playing in Sunderland and it's like Charlie White died after going up for a header and got a concussion, and then that was it. 
He was told. This is <laughs> We've got so dark. <laughs> Retire, go on holiday, request funds for the board. Fuck it, die. <laughs> Re- request death. Um, to be fair, football manager has done that to me once or twice. Um, Ian, uh, the medical professional. Um, <laughs> last week, you, last week you were called connections, Ian. This week you're medical professional, Ian. Um, oh. And I will, if you come to the podcast late, not like you, Laurie from House, actual one. Um, what was your what was your um, um, uh, hero of the week? Hero of the week. All right. Okay. Well, we are getting back to um, the serious bits here. Um, my hero is Jan um, the Danda, who plays for this onesie. Um, and so anyway, plays for Swansea. Um, I think he played there midweek um, and just got lots of horrible racist sort of comments oh, on I did see that. Um, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and Instagram are actually turning around saying, well, we're not actually going to ban you know the chap who uh you know made the, the comments uh so so but he's he's you know he's standing up for it i just oh fuck, i'm just sick of you know seeing this and uh yeah do you know what so because i was thinking this the other day god we've gone very very silly to very very serious very very fast um <laughs> but i was thinking this the other day like um i can't remember who's speaking about it but he spoke so well on it and he was like Someone said, oh, it seems to be occurring all of the time, this racist abuse and this abuse online and stuff like that. And um, it didn't make me feel better about it, but it kind of it made me understand it maybe a bit more. And he was like, we've always had this. We just speak up about it more. And I was just like, oh, God, yes, yeah, that's, that's actually true, which makes the it makes you understand it, but still makes you feel quite grim about it. But yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not comfortable with how often people are trolling or whatever is online at the minute, especially during current times, Jesus Christ. Um, who, who was your uh, who was your hero of the week, Connor? Uh, so I, kinda, I want to do my hero and the villain at the same time because they're kind of linked. Uh, you can do hero, that. Hero of the week is Jordan Pickford. Uh, he gets a lot of stick, but I thought he played well yesterday. He made a couple of cracking saves. And um, it just feels like the media in particular at the minute, I just hammer him every single time he makes the slightest of mistakes. So uh, he's my hero and the villain's Jurgen Klopp because he does my head in. Um, I mean, this is just a villain of the season, really. But I hate the way he interviews. I hate the way he speaks to reporters. I hate the way he acts on the touchline. I still remember years ago, we drew 2-2 with them. Uh, last time we played them in the Premier League. And he just acted like a tit on the touchline. And then after the game, he was... I think we got two penalties that day and he was absolutely Four. about it. Yeah, the first Yeah, we didn't... I think we had two shots on target though, both penalties. We, drew two, we didn't deserve to draw. Um, but I've, I've, to be honest, I've disliked them since that point. But I've watched Liverpool the last couple of years be amazing and fair play. The football's been fantastic. But I am enjoying the implosion that's happening at the minute and watching Jurgen Klopp uh, disintegrate into this bumbling mess who's horrible is enjoyable. Um, so he's my villain of the week. See, I've all, I'll openly admit I've always really liked Jurgen Klopp, right? I went to Dortmund when he was the manager and stuff there. But I was just saying last night that actually I was just like, when they got beat off Everton, I'm like, do you know that Robin Van Persie interview when he talks about his son complaining when he's like 13 or 14 and he's like, I said to my son, like, you're just a loser. You're making excuses for getting beat, basically. Like, winners look at themselves and see what they can change. Like, that proper, like, resonated with me, that getting deep here. Um, but, like, 
I just feel like cops just using excuses. Like you mentioned Pickford before, and because it's been mentioned so much, the first thing that comes into my head is RIP Virgil van Dijk, because it's been mentioned so much. Like every club gets injuries. And, and one thing I don't understand about Liverpool is if you're the most commercially successful club in, in the entire world, probably the most popular club in the entire world beginning of the season, um, probably the club that everyone wants to play for at the moment, where everyone, especially at the start of the season anyway, when you get like an injury to Van Dyke, which would have been like, what, September or something? September, October. Surely you've got the best scouts like in the club to actually go out and buy someone who isn't a centre-half from Preston. So whose fault is it that you haven't replaced your injured players? Like, if we got like three or four, like we, well, we've got problems at the back at the minute, playing Luke or nine at centre-half alongside Conor McLaughlin and a 20-year-old kid. Yeah, they all did really, really well. But if we got beat, we wouldn't be like, oh, but oh, the centre-offs are done. Like some of us would, but we'd kind of be like, well, you've got to deal with it. And it just feels like Liverpool can't deal with it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jürgen Klopp. And he's, it's just everything about him. Just does my head in, to be honest. Oh, it's not even just the centre-back thing. I mean, the, the Liverpool fans are one thing. I mean, they were screwed with a ridiculous penalty yesterday. I mean, that was never a penalty. Well, be interested to know if you thought that was a penalty, but it, it definitely not. was a penalty for me. Um, you thought yeah, it was? Yeah. No, definitely not. No, I was going to say. Never in a million years. Um, so, yeah, that's my hero in building. He does have nice teeth, though. Yeah, because he's had them done. Oh, right. You work with what you've got. I mean, we would all do the same, wouldn't we? No, my teeth are perfect. To be fair, they're not bad. No one can see, but they're not bad. Consider no, my teeth are fine. I would say of all the things, of all the features in my, my body, the teeth are the only thing that I particularly like. Everything else can... <laughs> go away, I'm not bothered, but teeth, uh, I feel like I'm going to go. To be fair, Scott, you've got a good pair of teeth, good set there. He's nice to Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, like we're all about on par in terms of teeth and looks. Last week, we were so badly out of our depth with the gorgeous Tom White on. It was like... He's probably a bit, of a, you have a bit of a crush on Tom White, though, Graham, don't you? He's just, really a, just a good-looking lad. It's just a, <laughs> he's, he's got a face for TV, and I, I don't have any friends that have faces for TV, to be honest. So um, I'll go back round since Ian's reappeared. Ian, where did he go? Uh, oh, I really wouldn't like to say, but as I'm old now, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you him up to? <laughs> that actually reminds me. So actually, I didn't give my hero of the week. So this is this is perfect so mine's not football related for once um so do you know that company hello fresh so yeah. they've sent this guy this stuff and i've checked it out it's like it's actually accurate like it's not a guy taking a mick or anything like that scott's nodding because he knows what's coming but he ordered like all of this stuff to come from hello fresh and obviously hello fresh are like obviously trying to get people to buy stuff from them because it's probably prime time for them and they've accidentally sent them a bottle of piss. <laughs> like, and it's a, it's a genuine bottle of piss. Like he's, and the guy, the, <laughs> HelloFresh replied being like, I'm so sorry this has happened, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then someone kind of indicated like, how do you know it's like, how do you know it's pee? It might just be discolored Coca-Cola or discolored juice. And he was like, do you want to smell it? <laughs> it's like, so for me this week, my, my hero of the week is HelloFresh because... <laughs> No, I mean, don't do it. Don't drink wee wee. But it did raise a massive smile for me because Hello Fresh was as fresh as they come this week with a bottle full of piss. Um, but, but anyway, um, they not be the villain of the week. Surely they're the villain. 
absolute hero for that. I think I think it's superb crack. Like I'm at, there's some guys sitting somewhere that's going, well, it's going to send them a bottle of coke, but this will be laughing. I'll never know where it came from because there's so many parcels gone out today. Not going to know until they get the warm goods in their hands. <laughs> um, Scott, who was your villain of the week, mate? <laughs> uh, villain of the week. <clears throat> I couldn't decide whether this was a villain, uh, a hero. But then when I thought about it, I went for a villain. It was Dan Drysdale, who was the referee in the Northampton Ipswich game last uh, Wednesday night, mm-hmm. who decided, I don't know if he'd been taking abuse for the full game or whatever, but then he decided that he would just like sort of stick an up into a player and then square go him and then get dragged away. Now, at first I thought to myself, you know what, fair play, because referees take abuse constantly. I can't believe yeah. that wasn't in the SPL, by the way. I can't believe that wasn't Scottish. No. Right? no. But see, the thing is, not see when I think about it, I don't think there's any referees in the SPL are hard enough to even do that because they're all like weasels who clearly have had to piss taking out them their entire life and <laughs> think they're hard because they've got a wee yellow card. So maybe, I mean, maybe John Beaton, he looks quite solid. I probably wouldn't want to fight him, but like, so Willie call Willie, no, the other guy, who's the bald guy? Bobby Madden. Bobby, I wouldn't fancy a fight with Bobby Madden. You're fine, he's isolating with COVID, so you're fine. You can see what you want about him for two weeks. Just shout him through the window. Aye. <laughs> which is what I usually shout at him during the games, which is a bit ironic. But You ever get to him that just goes, hold on a minute. Which way for me to turn around, like, what? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think he decided he was hero or villain because, you know, it's always like, respect the referees, etc, etc. And again, that's fair enough. But then I thought back to a few weeks ago when we were playing Aberdeen and one of our players got, it got halved in two. There was a filthy challenge. Aberdeen player gets booked for it. He gets up and I don't know exactly what he said, but he gets sent off for foul and abusive language. So you can't have professional players getting sent off for foul and abusive language because a referee's offended while another referee somewhere else is wanting to go and stick it up on somebody. So I went for a, I went for villain. Jack, who was your, your villain of the week? Well, um, I think oh. everybody knows my, oh. uh, my my villain of the week is Mr. Matt Hancock yet again. Why would it be? <laughs> Why would it be? So, of course, this week it's came out that he has um, failed to publish details of the um, the coronavirus contracts. Now, um, it's a legal obligation for the. Uh, the government to do that and you know for them to just announce basically who the contracts are from you know where the uh where they're coming from where the money's going etc etc and he's been a little bit shifty and not done it and it's all blown up but yeah that's that's my other way i don't usually need much of a reason like you say it's well well documented my dislike for the man and uh yeah give you a prime example this week as soon as i, as soon as I oh. seen it i was like Oh, Matt, you've walked into Jack's uh, villain of the week this week, mate. But yeah. <laughs> Connie, you're just about to say something there. Carry on. Yeah, I was going to say. So I, I agree with 90% what you're saying there, Jack. But I, I would have went with Keir Starmer as the villain because yes. I expect Matt Hancock to be corrupt. He's a Tory politician. <laughs> he's towards the top. I expect that. I don't expect the leader of the opposition, though, to basically give him a free pass and go, ah, well, it's a pandemic. We'll let him off this time because yeah. he should have crucified. I mean, I would have crucified him if I was Starmer. Well, yeah, well, that, that's that's another thing, isn't it? Keir Starmer's uh, response to the Conservative government's handling of I mean, he's I do get that he doesn't want because you know, the bar, you know, the whole we're doing the best, it's a difficult scenario, but I think really the way they've handled it's appalling. And I think sometimes Keir Starmer's too playing the long game, or I don't want to criticize them too much in case it affects me election. 
you know, in the next election or the ele- election afterwards. And I just think, you know, if, if you're leader of the opposition and the opposition are doing a terrible job, call them out. So I agree with you. But would politics be better if it wasn't about votes? It was just about people having a fight. Because I would back Starmer against Boris Johnson. I reckon Starmer would knock him out. Yeah, probably. Sturgeon would win the whole lot. <laughs> Sturgeon would be up, but she'd, 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 yeah, I think, yeah, I think she'd do well. Um, we have square face paint, we have salt tires swinging us off a bit, so he would have an advantage like, over everybody else. I can't even remember where I went there. Who have I got to go next? I've gone to Scott for you, villain. But, I think. Oh, it's Ian. Ian, who's your villain of the week? You're on mute. That doesn't help. <laughs> all right, all right, Tom White. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, villain, not really. A bit of a prick, yeah. So it's um, Andy Holt for his um, <clears throat> for this massive, you know, tweet he stuck out about, um, you know, working hard and you know, Accrington's all about how hard you've worked and blah 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 blah. Uh, but he wishes um, uh, the Sunderland's new billionaire owner all the best. Just like, come on, Andy. You just knew it was coming, though, didn't you? It was like, <laughs> just sitting there and you're just like, mm, yep, there's Andy Hall tweeting that someone's richer than him. Like, fair play, you punched above your weight, but like, pretty much everyone knows that the, the wage cap was stupid. You, each club lives within their own means. I agree with I, that. I find with Andy Hall, the thing that irritates me greatly is he's punching probably two levels above where he should be, but he mm. wants to drag the whole league to his level because he's like, we can't compete with the teams at the top of this league, so we need a salary cap. And it's like, no, no, naturally, you should get relegated if you can't compete in this league because that's how our pyramid structure, we're not franchises, we've got a pyramid so teams can go up and down. Brilliant that they're in League One. It's obviously well run because they, they could get promoted this year. But he, he honest, I agree, and he does my head in as well. And John, there's some things I agree with him about, but there's a lot of things where I'm like, you're too, you're beyond self-interested. You don't think about anyone else but your own club, which I suppose that makes a lot of sense. But there's no foresight, let's say, kind of outside of that. Like, why Sunderland should have had the same wage cap as Akron and Stanley was ridiculous. It's just it doesn't even mind. doesn't even make sense. Like it doesn't make sense at all. I think what was the actual reason that the AFL gave for the wage cap was because a few of the smaller clubs had gone bust. Well, there's no, realistically, there's no chance of some that happening to us. Do you know what? Well, I say that you know it shouldn't really. I don't see how we should be punished because other teams at our level haven't run the clubs well enough. That's what that got to do with us. Do you know what I mean? Why should we be at a disadvantage? But I understand it. Can it afford to pay two and a half million a year in wages? If they pay two and a half million a year in wages, they'd be spending that full turnover. Whereas, so that's how stupid it is. All it was doing was, was making it a level playing field so the smaller clubs could overspend and the big clubs couldn't couldn't spend to the, to the levels that they can. That's what it was there for. I just thought it was stupid, the whole thing. I'm just mad that he charged us twice for the same game. And that was the exactly. most horrific he, he day. He didn't complain when Sunderland were bringing, what was it, 2,000 we brought down or 3,000 or how many it was? I can stand me twice and had to pay twice as well. Didn't moan about the size of our club then. He was happy for us to do that. But yeah, once a level playing field with a wage cap, yeah, I'll go on. It's the same kind of excuse, though, isn't it? It's like when we play at a ground and like the pitch is crap, you know, like somewhere like, hmm, I couldn't. It's like, oh, just learn to deal with it. Well, vice versa, mate. If you can't afford to be in the league, learn to deal with it. Um, 
that, and that's 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 my ten pence. Um, my villain of the week is kind of my hero of the week. Um, at the same time, so it was in the Mexican Premier League. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to pick that. It's it's incredible, isn't it? So basically, there's like a chance that goes on, and the guy's just ready to just slide the ball in the back of the net, like open goal. He's ready to put it in, and the ref just blocks it. And it's like it's not so much that he blocks it because that can happen. It's the guy's face afterwards. The referee is just like, what? Like, what? What about it? Like, he's really impressed that he's defended it. But watch it if you haven't seen it. It's Toluca, I think. Is it Toluca? Is that right, Jack? Who's as all, yeah. Who's as all versus Toluca. Who's as all versus Toluca. The guy is literally just going to put the ball in the back of the net from about six yards. And the ref just, he doesn't even block it on the line. He, like, gets in the way of the bloke. To stop him from hitting it, and it agonizingly trickles wide by like two inches as well. It doesn't like go flying over the ball miles wide. It's like agonizingly past the post. Um, so that referee, that referee could probably get a game center off of Liverpool the way he's going at the minute. So, um, I've totally lost where we were. But Jack, I will ask, um, who is your favorite Costa Rican? Um, my favorite, that the one that came to mind straight away was Paulo Wanchop. Um. Now, Paolo Wanchup was kind of a staple 90s Premier League football. If you ever had the sticker album and uh, the uh, the old championship manager games in the early 2000s that were the one, you know, do you remember them? Championship manager all one and games like that were just phenomenal. Um, and he, he basically obviously came to England, played for, I think, Derby started off at, and I think he had a year at West Ham, Man City as well. I yeah. remember him uh, playing for Man City, but yeah, he's um, one of the heroes of Costa Rican football. But um, Another, another thing I like about Costa Rican football was in the World Cup in 2014, they were in England's group. I don't know if you remember that horrendous World yeah. Cup that England had when we got one point. They were in our group. And what they said is they, they said, um, oh, they, they interviewed the Costa Rican team before and they were like, oh, you've been drawn in a group of three World Cup winners, England, Uruguay and Italy. I imagine you, you're scared. And they were like, no, we love the group. We, we love being there. Do you know what I mean? And one of the things that stuck in my head was a quote that said, um, we're going to be brave because there's an old Costa Rican saying, the braver the bull, the better the bullfight. And I thought that kind of typified them all the way through. They got out of the group, they beat Greece on penalties in the last 16, and they took Holland to the quarterfinals, uh, took Holland to penalties in the quarterfinal. If they, would, if they would have won that penalty shootout, and a nation as small as Costa Rica with a tiny football and heritage could have been in a World Cup semi-final, which I just thought was mad. So, yeah, um, I like that. Mine was going to be um, Salas. I was like, yeah, who's played for Lazio and that? And I was like, proper all about Salas. And I've just kind of clicked, he's actually from Chile. Um, so mine's going to be Paolo Wanchop. But the reason it's going to be Paolo Wanchop or Wanchop A is because he was part of a quiz question when I was a kid. And it was, which footballers would you find? Now, bear in mind, this was literally about 20 years ago. Which footballers would you find at a barbecue? And Paolo Wanchop was one of them, because obviously the chop. The other one was Andy Cole. And the last one was Patrick Berger. But everyone used to get, <laughs> everyone used to get stuck on Paolo Wanchop and I was always I always knew it. It was there. And I used to ask me mates it in the play yard and they'd be like, Mandy Cole, Patrick Berger. And they'd just be stuck for ages and I'd just be sitting there knowing Paolo Wanchop was just <clears throat> ready to be released. Um, but moving on from my horrendous pattern, which is just getting worse by the week, like leg. But um Connor, who's your villain of the week? I did villain. That's done. So I can give you my favorite Costa Rican or my moment of the week. Favorite Costa Rican. So I had Paolo Wanchop, and then uh, when it was said, I was like, "Well, I may as well change it." Um, so I went with Brian Ruiz, um, and the reason being 
is there was a, a transfer deadline day when he signed for Fulham, where I believe the story goes where he was meant to fly up to sign for Newcastle and he stopped at Heathrow and then instead went to, to Fulham, which is it's always humorous when the mags get sort of screwed over. But he was a decent player. I quite liked him. I think I, I looked there and he's played like 125 games for Costa Rica. So he's one of their best ever players and he's still playing. Right he was now. good. Brian Ruiz was pretty good. Fulham have had those randomly good players that like you kind of forget, like Lewis Bormorte, when you really think he was decent. Mm-hmm. Eric Neverland. Mal Bronk obviously was there. They had a Legwinski. I remember him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, he's the one on the mask. Mask guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are... John Hawley, I remember him, left back. Yes, we could we should have yeah. just done former Fulham players. That would I reckon <laughs> let's just end it and see how many Fulham players we can guess. What random Fulham players? Well, right now, we'll be here for like weeks. Yeah, to be fair, we would be here for quite Brian Mc... McDonald. I'll end it. Brian McBride. What a player he was. Very yes. good player. Very good player. Um so we're on a moment now, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Scott, what was your moment of the week? Uh, it was a newspaper article that I read at the beginning of the week. Uh, do you remember Vladimir Romanov, who owned Hearts? Yes. How can uh, you forget Vladimir Romanov? Well, <clears throat> Mad Wads uh, disappeared into the abyss for a few years, and he's done a... An well, like, like Ian has four or five times in <laughs> this podcast. So, <laughs> Just a, a, for, for everyone listening, Ian keeps disappearing, I don't know, because he's taken lots of wheeze, and his cat keeps coming up on the screen, and then he disappears again. I don't it's know where he's Scott gone. Scott speaks, I think. There may be some beef there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was good to see. Here he's back, eh? What do you see? I had to let the, the other cat out. Get a cat flap. No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, where were you again? Oh, oh Romanov. Uh, he is, he's done a, an interview with a, a Russian uh, newspaper. And so this has been translated, and it was in the paper the other day. And here's some of the highlights. Right? So I've made a wee list of some of the highlights. So obviously, everybody knows that Mad Vlad bought Harps, wanted to pick the team himself, wanted to buy the players, and then pretty much bought the Lithuanian national team and played them for Harps. And to be fair, during that period, they'd done quite well. They won the cup and, they, you know, they were in Europe and stuff. So, fair play. However, he claims to be a world basketball champion, right? Lithuanian world basketball champion. He won the Lithuanian, since he's disappeared, he won the Lithuanian Strictly Come Dancing, which allegedly he paid money to win. So, he, it was a fix. <laughs> <laughs> He's wanted by Interpol for fraud, embezzlement, and money laundering. Right? And this is my favourite. I've, I've saved this one to last. He spunked all his money. And the wee bit of money that he had left, he spent it buying a Russian K-9 nuclear submarine, decommissioned it, and he's turned it into a house. So he now lived, he's living out his life in a decommissioned K-9 nuclear submarine in the middle of Russia. Actually true that as well. I work with a load of Hearts fans and they were all like, have you seen Romanov's been buying submarines and turn it into houses? Uh, but I always see that time with Romanov is like a successful time for her. It's like it was like a random. The beat was it Gretna that? Yeah, it was it was Gretna. Craig Gordon saved the penalty, I believe. I think it was like sort of towards the end when he just sort of 
bolted and left them like completely in the shit, which is obviously resulted in them being down and then back up and kind of back down the last couple of years. But but during that time, they had some some good players and uh, you know they, they were quite successful. They were sponsored by like Ukiel Bankas, so the money was coming in for Lithuania. He was plowing money in, but um, he was a nut job, an absolute zoomer. <laughs> an absolute zoomer, right? Absolute zoomer. What does that make us? A nut job. Oh, well, he could do, you never know. Uh, who's your favorite Costa Rican, though, Scott? Most importantly, I've already told you. No, you have, name man. Stop telling me things. I have. Did. I have. Definitely did. He was talking about Italian. Oh, that random player that you took about five years to see. Oh, hey, you know, I, I've just I've had it wrong. It's, it's, it's just tough. Um, <laughs> Jack, what's your moment of the week? Well, my moment of the week, you kind of nicked it. Graham was, was the one I was going to pick was where the referee stopped the uh, the ball going in the goal. I just <laughs> thought it was absolute madness to see a referee, firstly, that far forward in an attack. And then, like you say, afterwards, it's just like, nah, not bothered. Not bothered. And they were like, no, you've stopped a, a, a ball going in there. It's just like, eh, get over it. Deal with it. It's like, no, 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 no. My moment of the week, and I might be stealing Ian O'Connor's here, was Lee Catamore coming out of retirement. Um, Not mine. Which I thought was just brilliant. And I, I honestly, I've tried to think about how the Burton media man could have thought Grant Ledbetter was Lee Catamore, and I just can it. Like, it's not like Catamore's not a well-known player. Like, he's on Sky in that recently. And, like, he's he's known outside of Sunderland for his red cards and stuff like that, even though that was so much more than that. But, like, how can you sit there and your mind goes so blank, you just be, oh, yeah, Catamore scored. He retired, like, two years ago. So I kind of get my head around how he did it, but it made us really happy just for the moment to be like, yeah, we're winning 2 0 at half time and Caramel's out of retirement. So that was my moment of the week. Ian, what was yours? Um, well, mine, yeah. So I have an Italian football moment of the week. Um, and it actually concerns um, um, former midfield, no, no, former centre back, um, the journeyman. Luigi Sartor um, had the best spell at Inter um, and won the UEFA Cup in 1997. Um, also played for Parma. Um, so, how um, old is he? He's uh, 46. He still, is he still playing? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, right. Uh, Bloody hell. <laughs> um, however, his, his claim. To fame last week was uh, when he got uh, the, got uh, they busted for his one hundred and six um, their cannabis plants in his in his mountain home. Oh, uh, <laughs> when uh, their officers felt smelt a strange smell. <laughs> was, it not, was it not just desperados? Because whenever I smell desperados, I always think I can smell weed. Like, yeah. <laughs> they else have that. Desperados just smells like weed. That's just the way it is. It's not like the lime or anything. It just Desperados just smells like weed. Connor, what was what was your moment of the week? Uh, so mine was more. Uh, it's a moment, but it's a it's a it's a well done moment to the person. Uh, Jonathan Woodgate has somehow landed himself the Bournemouth job, um, <laughs> and you have to say, like as much as 
it's a dodgy appointment, like well done him for somehow getting himself a better job than what he had a year ago at Middlesbrough, where he did terrible and, and somehow landed at Bournemouth, who are a pretty decent team who've got a chance of getting promoted. Because it's possible, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility that they could get promoted this season because of how strong their team is. So he would have went from being terrible at Middlesbrough and nearly taking them into League One to then within 18 months being a Premier League manager. So I just thought fair play to him, you know, fair play for him to get that job. He must have talked was... himself into it because he was hired as like the co- first team coach, then the sack the manager a day later, and then he was manager himself. So he's yeah, also like something, something really, really dodgy about it when, when they basically hired them, you know, two days before and then, and then the manager gets sacked. <laughs> but it's also yeah. like they, they he, he's the best bullshit merchant I've ever seen. He had this interview the other week before he was like, I think it was his first game in charge. And they said something, I can't remember what it was. I'm sure like Cardiff, I'm, I think it was Cardiff they were playing. It signed like three players that, you know, that, that from like abroad that not many people had seen a day beforehand. And um, the, 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 I could be totally wrong with this, but it was along the lines of he said to them like, uh, oh, you've just been installed as manager and um, a caretaker manager. And basically Cardiff have this player, that player, another player. So it's, it's going to be quite hard to... Um, you know, do your scouting on them and stuff. And just stop the presenter. He's like, I've scouted every single one of them. You know, absolutely everything we need to know about Cardiff. We know about, and he said all the players' names like in a row. But his face said, bullshit. Like his face was like, I haven't at all. Like, and you knew for a fact that he hadn't, but he just kept his face straight long enough for the presenter to kind of go, oh, oh, cool. That, that's good. Just, Fab. It reminded me of, did anyone say that cringy interview he did when he was Middlesbrough bots and they were like, yeah. And he was like, well, you know how the old saying is, the league table doesn't lie. Well, I'm telling you now, the league table does lie. Like, we're like, <laughs> yeah. what are you on about? Did anyone say that one? He's like, I'm telling you now, the league table the league table does lie. And it's like, no, no, that's not how it goes, Jonathan. <laughs> have you ever seen Have you ever seen the advert he did for Middlesbrough to encourage their fans to get season tickets early? And like, yeah. Woody's new bird. Woody's got a new bird, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and he turns it with a kestrel on his arm and he's like, oh... <laughs> I've got an early bird, and they were like, "Oh, like like the fans get an early bird ticket." But it was basically just Jonathan Woodgate pretending he had a new bird, and then just walked around with a kestrel on his arm, which just reminded me of Craig David from Bo Selector, like a hundred percent. But nonetheless, fair play, Jonathan Woodgate, you've done well. Uh, Scott, I'll leave it with you to end the show. Uh, what's your Scottish football moment of the week? Yeah, this is one that just sort of popped up earlier on this evening I was I was struggling like I said last week because the lower leagues are finished so there's not as much but uh, <laughs> the, the fourth, there was no fourth official it was one of the the linesmen at the Aki's Hibs game yesterday uh, it turned out that he should have been self-isolating because he was on European duty during the week there with um, <clears throat> um, two other Scottish officials and one has now got COVID and the other they said that they should have been oh. considered as close contacts so uh, it should have been self-isolating. So the, the big issue there is that, I mean, obviously everybody that, that listens knows by now that I'm, I'm certainly no Aki's fan, but he sent off Jamie Hamilton yesterday, and, and I'm not saying that this is anything to do with the fact that it should have been isolating, but, you know, any, any events and stuff, he sent off Jamie Hamilton for quite possibly the worst sending off I've ever seen. I mean, he's in line with it, and the boy... He doesn't touch him. He wins the ball. His foot is a wee bit high, but he's a good foot, at least, away for the Hibs player. Sends him off. And for what I hear, Aki's were in that game and he had a chance. So, you know, if you're an Aki's fan, 
uh, you're, you're a bit aggrieved and that you've you've lost a player and potentially lost a game because he's somebody that should have been isolating. But uh, if, like me, you're a little fan, you're saying, I get it up on what happens again during the week. But, you know, it's just, you've got Neil Lennon complaining about Celtic having to take six buses uh, to, to Dingwall tonight. You've got Neil Lennon complaining that the Scottish government are hypocritical because they're not making a, a fuss of these Rangers players. Get, the, the linesmen, um, you know, have got, should be isolating when they're, they're refereeing games and stuff like that. And Connor made a good point earlier. He said, you know, they seem to think that the pin badge makers are the ones that's going to ruin the SFA's reputation, but uh, they seem to be doing a cracking job with that themselves with their yeah. competence. Superb. Um, never do a moment in football, I guess. Uh, but before we end, um, obviously, Connor Gardner is not with us tonight. Um, but just want to say massive well done to his little man, Max, for... Um, getting the all clear from obviously what was a horrible disease and he's had an awful time. And obviously I think many people on Twitter are fully aware of what he's been going through. He's been brave enough to kind of share what's been going on, but um, the best possible news to come out of it. So um, I don't imagine Connor should be letting Max listen to this podcast, but imagine he does in 10 to 15 years time, mate, well done. Um, And and obviously in the future, um, Good luck to him and stuff like that. It's going to be great. We'll have Max on the pod um, at some point, I'm sure, and get his own moment of the week. But lads, thanks always for joining. Connor, thanks for um, doing actually technically one of the second pod we've ever done together. But it feels, mm-hmm. I'll say it feels like old times. To be fair, I mean, I'm not being funny, Graham, but I start work at like eight o'clock tomorrow and you've got me here at nine. Oof, a week. I know. And He's eight's not week. even, I mean, eight's not even that early, but I was like, when you said nine, I was like, PM. What, like, <laughs> I'm wearing my slippers like ready to go to bed at 9 pm normally. We only move time for we only move time for Tom White. So um but that's <laughs> what time did you come on? 11 a.m. <laughs> I would have preferred 11 a.m. Actually, we we kind of did, but we were far too well behaved. I figured we needed a few more drinks than us. We were far too nice about things. But um lads, thanks for popping on. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed yourselves um and all that stuff. <laughs>